0: Listening to Fox Sports
1: Radio. Radio. Well, you heard the man; it's that time of week again. Wake the kids, alert the neighbors, grandpa, put on pants. We're about to dive into another cornucopia of information as we are just hours away from Week Nine in the NFL. And on that note, welcome back to a, another award-winning edition of Straight Out of Vegas: The Weekend Adaptation. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. So go to geico.com for a free rate quote. Tonight we take a journalistic journey into the names that are making headlines in the NFL and even in college football. It's hardly a day goes by without hearing the incessant repetition of the same usual suspects, and I'm going to break that down for you. In about 15 minutes, Steve Fezzik, he'll join via phone as we chop up week nine in the NFL in rapid fire fashion. And later on, after Kevin Figure's update, I will continue with plenty of NFL fodder to make your head spin. And of course, we wrap things up with Mackinac Sports as we close down the show with the Thinking Man segment of the program. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They're a shared experience. As such, people want to talk about them. You've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show. You've always wanted. And as they say in Dave Osborne, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. All right. Now that football is in full bloom, including the college game, there have been four prominent names in the news that just won't go away. And they all have something in common, which I'm going to reveal in a minute. But the names are Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Cam Newton, and Jim Harbaugh. Now... Belichick and Brady are conjoined at the hip, and frankly, you know why. Because their separation has been characterized as a divorce. And while it seems to be important to many folks that a winner should be declared, I've always come at it from a different angle. And I started doing so four months ago. And if you've been listening to my show, and you know you have, then some of what you hear in the next few minutes will be a reprisal of predictions I made four months ago. You see, for me... The only argument would be who needed who more. See, together, Brady and Belichick were unstoppable. And yes, Tom Brady was the subordinate, and Bill Belichick was the superordinate. But what would their success ratio be if they were on different teams? In other words, could Brady continue with his high winning percentage in Hall of Fame performance without Coach Belichick? And conversely, could Belichick simply go on winning titles is it or is God-given right? Now, currently, New England is 2-5, and five, and Tampa Bay is 6-2. and two. And I said, and I know McKenzie will back me up on this, many times that the Patriots at best, I said it before the season, would be 8-8. Eight and eight. At best, they would be 8-8, eight and eight, and Tampa Bay would win at least 10 games and go to the playoffs. Now, there are personal feelings and there are objective truths. Let's just stick to the facts. Let's simply let the numbers tell the story, and you can let me know If my prediction is on track, by the way, in case you missed it, the 43 year old ageless Tom Brady, he's thrown for 20 touchdowns and only four interceptions at the halfway point of this NFL season. His QBR is 71.6 and he's on pace to throw for 4,500 yards. And Remember, he took over a new team, a new system. There were no OTAs, no minicamp, no preseason games, and he's only had a full complement of his healthy weapons about 25 percent of the time. Now, these eight games are the only eight in Brady's career that he started without Bill Belichick as his coach. Now, let's revisit the numbers I gave out about Belichick last July and factor them into his current 2-5 record. So, who? this was the question in July. Who's more likely to have success without the other? All right, these are the facts. Bill Belichick's record as a head coach without Brady before this season It's forty-two and fifty-eight, and you could say, "Well, yeah, he, but he, he was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, right?" Well, that Cleveland Browns team made the playoffs five of the six years before Belichick took over, but Belichick actually had losing records for the five seasons he was in Cleveland. And by the way, he had Nick Saban as his defensive coordinator. And in New England, Bill Belichick was actually five and thirteen. With Drew Bledsoe as his starter, and Bledsoe was no Hammond and who he was the number one draft pick. By the way, when Brady came in his first start, he beat Peyton Manning and the Colts by 31, and they were a 10-point underdog that day. Brady proceeded to go 13 and three the rest of the way, and he won Super Bowl 36. I'm not bagging on Belichick, but when Belichick and all the other quarterbacks he's had outside of Brady prior to the season, again, these are stats I gave last July, his teams were averaging 19 points per game. Go look at what New England's averaging this year. Brady won six playoff games when his team allowed 28 points. No other quarterback has done that more than twice. And all the while, Brady did it while taking less money and was never a top 10 cap hit. Finally, one last thing, and you'll like this. With Brady under center, Belichick 59.7% against the spread. Without Brady, and that's heading into this season, not this season included, because they're not doing well against the number this year, uh, They were Belichick was 51% against the number. So at the halfway point, I rest my case, Perry Mason, and we'll see what happens from here on out. You can't celebrate through the halfway point. But suffice it to say that Brady's success has continued without Belichick, and Belichick's success hasn't continued without Brady. Just take that without any context, without any ulterior motive. I don't have any hidden agenda here. Just wanted to revisit what I said last July. Now we're in November. We'll see where we're at in January. All right, so now that we have the Brady-Belichick overview to reference, I saw where the four-letter word network facetiously mentioned that they are contractually obligated to include Cam Newton as part of any Brady-Belichick missive, since he, too, is is somewhat connected in the whole saga. Now, I also spoke about Cam last August, and I let out my objective viewpoint. And, and I like Cam. I think he's misunderstood. I think he was too harshly judged after his loss in Super Bowl 50, and he's never really been given enough credit for all the philanthropic work he does off the field. But the reality is that outside of his MVP season in 2015, Cam was under 500 as a quarterback in his career, plus he's only 3-4 in the playoffs and 0-1 in the Super Bowl. He's had success, but he's basically a glorified read option quarterback whose physical skills have diminished. And when the Pats started 2-1, the overreaction from the groupthink echo chamber was deafening, not to me, and I said as much. When I saw the simplistic offense the Patriots were running, I said, absolutely, on no uncertain terms, this was simply not sustainable. Now we know that his Boffo performance versus Seattle has been marginalized because everybody lights it up against Seattle's defense. They couldn't stop a parade. Thank God they have Russell Wilson, but I digress. Now, two weeks ago, I said that Cam was – a defensive coordinator's best friend. Predictable, redundant, and most of all, one-dimensional. The next day, the 49ers made me look like a genius because their defense stymied Cam in the worst way, even though they were missing several starters. But like Brady and Belichick, Cam is a name in the news, and for the same reason, which I promise I will get to. We all have something in common. But not before we tackle the other name known as the irrepressible Jim Harbaugh. Now, I'm not here to bash Harbaugh. The poor guy is probably in concussion protocol after the last two weeks. His performance speaks for itself. Again, there are personal feelings and there are objective truths. Set your feelings aside for now. This is the fact. Coming from somebody who lived in that market 17 years, worked for 14 years in Ann Arbor and the greater Detroit area, and still maintain all my contacts, this is the fact. Jim Harbaugh was hired at Michigan to do three things, beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten, and go to the college football playoff. How's that working out? He's 0-5 versus Ohio State, zero Big Ten titles. In fact, since the inception of the Big Ten championship game, there have been seven schools who have participated. None of them are named Michigan. Oh, yeah, did I mention that Harbaugh is also 2-13 versus top-10 teams in one and 1-4 in bowl games? Bowl games are not exhibitions. Don't tell that to the schools that go for the recruiting and all the other accoutrements that go along with it. And after losing today to Indiana, they're now three and seven in their last ten against any type of ranked team, much less a top ten team. Now, see, not beating Ohio State alone is an anathema to the folks in Ann Arbor. If you don't admit, if you don't admit that. You're either deceived or you're suffering from amnesia. And frankly, I saw this coming way back at 2014 in his December press conference. Now, as I said, I'm not bashing Jim Harbaugh. In fact, I used to say when I worked in Ann Arbor at WTKA at 1050 AM, the three men I admire most, the father, son, and Fielding Yost. But there's the world that is in the world that you wish it was. On September 4th, 2018, I was a guest on The Odd Couple with Chris and Rob, and I pointed out at that time how far below expectations Jim Harbaugh had fallen. That was just a teaser. Since then, Michigan has gone 0-2 against Ohio State, allowing almost 120 points in those last two blowout games. He got smoked by Penn State last year, as well as Wisconsin, and in the last two bowl games, lost to South Carolina and the Alabama JV team by a wide margin. And did I mention again that Harbaugh... Lost at home last week to a below-average Michigan State team who had just been rolled by Rutgers in East Lansing the week before as 13-point favorites. And today, they lost to Sam Kinsley's Iowa Hawkeyes by a million. And now Michigan loses to Indiana. The word I'm hearing out of Ann Arbor now is embarrassment. They are embarrassed. Add it all up, and Jim Harbaugh, in his tenure at Michigan, is 2-13 versus top 10 teams, 1-4 in bowl games, 0-5 versus Ohio State, and they've never even been to a Big Ten championship game, much less won one In fact, since the inception of the Big Ten championship game, there have been seven schools participate, but not one of them is named Michigan. Now, look, I'm going to have more to say about the Harbaugh saga in the coming weeks, because this is a subject that can only be addressed subjectively, not objectively. You have to have been inside the Ivory Tower in Ann Arbor to know the real dynamic. I have. And that this old, well, they're better now than they were with Brady Hulk. Uh, come on, frankly. Uh, oh, yeah, and Michigan's never been a national power like Alabama, so there's that. What do you expect? That, my friends, as they say in common parlance, is bullvine scatology. And I will tell you more in coming weeks. That is nothing more than a phony rationale. You're either deceived or you've got amnesia. In the meantime, back to the beginning. In the meantime, what do Brady, Belichick, Cam Newton, and Jim Harbaugh have in common? They're all victims of their own success. And the only one to live up to the hype so far is Tom Brady, just like I said he would. All right, coming up, Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the prestigious Hilton Mall Westgate Super Contest. We are going to chop up... NFL Week 9 in lightning round style including some best bets. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? I means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. I'm Bernie Frado we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas!
0: Vegas. The great Bernie Frado folks
1: we're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Let's welcome in a gentleman. We have him on this time every week, the only two time winner of the prestigious Hilton, now Westgate Super Contest. And of course, you hear him uh, weekdays, 3 to 4 Pacific, 6 to 7 Eastern, right here in the daily version of Straight Out of Vegas. One Mr. Steve Fezzik. Fez how are you tonight? You're just too kind,
2: Bernie, always with the intros. Uh, Just my privilege to be on your show Saturday night.
1: Thanks, buddy. Good to have you. All right, let's shuffle off to Buffalo. That's original. Seattle laying three on the road. I kind of like the over here. What's your take? I'm going to look towards the
2: Bills. I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass because they had such a funky schedule. Remember, the Bills had to play... They didn't know who they're going to play, and then they had to play a Tuesday game, then a Monday game, then a Sunday game. So just six days to prepare, and they didn't look all that good. But I think that that bad schedule for a month threw them into a funk. Bottom line is, if you wanted to bet Seattle, shouldn't you have bet them a pick 'em against San Francisco instead of laying three on the road in the divisional sandwich? I would look to the Bills.
1: I'm glad you brought that up. I really, frankly, don't understand the line uh, because Buffalo's offense is 13th in yards per game. Seattle's last in defense yards per game. Passing yards per game, Buffalo's 10th. First down conversion percentage, Buffalo's worst. Seattle's terrible defensively in all those categories, yet they continue to get an incredible amount of respect. Is it just Russell Wilson?
2: Absolutely. The favorite to win the MVP and so the point spreads are going to start getting expensive for Seattle.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think this one, frankly, is expensive. All right, Atlanta hosts Denver in a game that probably not a lot of people care about, but this is the time of year now that it doesn't matter. I'm thinking Atlanta might be some value.
2: Yeah, and Atlanta's a team that the wise guys have been betting all year long, and now that Julio Jones is healthy, he's got three straight stellar games, and he was not healthy to start the year, and bottom line is Atlanta may be 2-6, and six, but they lost three games. They had a 96% chance to win. I could only look to Atlanta.
1: Tennessee hosts the Bears tomorrow, Fez. And two weeks ago, we were both aligned on the best bet, which was Pittsburgh. And I, I give Kent, uh, Tennessee credit. They crawled back into the game. But will the real Titans stand up? And one of the issues is getting teams off the field on third down. We talked about that that week. And sure enough, Pitt was like 8-for-11 on third down. They're laying a lot of points to the Bears, I think, tomorrow. What's your take?
2: I'm going to lean to the Bears, but I'm not going to bet the Bears. I think Tennessee's a complete fraud. Didn't like them last week against the Bengals. And, frankly, the Titans started out 5-0, and but four of those wins were close games, very close games, against losing teams. But I'm looking at this injury report, and both of the Bears' centers are out. Two of their tackles are down. Just too many injuries on the O-line for me to back the Bears.
1: Detroit visits Minnesota. The Vikings lay in about four and a half. Matt Stafford will play. Kenny Galladay will not play. Are the Vikings finding their stride?
2: You know, if you bet this, I think you should take Detroit in the first quarter of the first half where they're a much better team. If you like the Vikings, I'd play them in the second half.
1: All right, Indianapolis – I believe this game opened with Baltimore laying two-and-a-half. Is that correct? And it's been steamed quite a bit, a lot of folks coming in on the home team. And to me, justifiably so, I think Indy is – I think their defense is absolutely for real. And not only did they stop the run well, they get Darius Leonard back. After missing a month, he had 11 tackles last week against Detroit. Is the wrong team getting points here? You know, this game is fascinating because it's steamed
2: twice. So now Baltimore is back, as you said, the favorite as a one point favorite. And I do think Indy has some value. Matchup edge, you've got a really good rush defense for Indy that should shut down or at least keep in check the Ravens' great rush
1: offense. Talking with Steve Fezzik, the only two time winner of the, Hilton, the prestigious Hilton Now Westgate Super Contest. You hear him weekdays here on Straight Out of Vegas. Kansas City uh, is home against Carolina. What do you know? Kansas City laid another whole home double-digit spread. Carolina gets Christian McCaffrey back. I'm just usually never involved on Chiefs games because I don't want to get in front of Patrick Mahomes, but I don't want to lay the wood. What are your thoughts here?
2: Yeah, so C-Mac is worth one-and-a-half points if fully healthy. You've got to worry about integration back into the offense the very first game that he comes back, and now we're only getting 10, and we were getting 10.5 before, and I think everyone did expect McCaffrey to come back. So it's curious that that line is finally dropping down to 10. I'm going to pass.
1: The Houston Texans, who've been a huge disappointment this year, laying almost a touchdown on the road, but they are coming off a bye, and you've got a stat or a trend on that.
2: Yeah, it's actually our own Mackenzie Rivers, who just does tremendous research work, went ahead and queried if you're on the road and you're favored and you're off a bye, how do you do? Now, normally we're reluctant to play road favorites, but... It's a good spot for them when they're off a of bye because so often that road favorite takes the game lightly. But when you've had a week off, that is not the case. This is a 61% trend to simply play a team off a of bye that's favorite on the road. The Texans fall into that category. I would look to them laying six and a half against a backup quarterback that has no mobility.
1: And not for nothing, Houston only one and six against the number to this point. So that line's very revealing. I wouldn't surprise me if Houston went in there one by double digits. All right, don't look now. and my vote, they don't give me a vote. Ron Rivera would be my coach of the year. He not only beat cancer. He's made the Washington football team competitive. They're a favorite tomorrow against the New York Giants.
2: (laughs) I would argue that the New York Giants, the Eagles, and the Dallas Cowboys are what's made that Washington football team competitive. Nevertheless, this is a good spot for the Washington football team. Recent revenge just three weeks ago, Riverboat, Ron, and company lost on a two-point conversion. Could have gone either way, and now Washington's in a good spot off a of bye in the Giants having just played Monday night.
1: I think that Washington defensive front seven's decent. They get after the quarterback. They're not, they're not horrible, and they play hard. But be that as it may, I don't care. All right, Vegas. Uh, they've overachieved uh, under John Gruden, in my opinion. They play the Chargers, and over the years they've sort of had – The Chargers' number, and I got to admit, the Raiders' win at Cleveland was impressive. Uh, What you know, I I am not involved in this game tomorrow. What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, you kind of just gave some of my thoughts. The fact that it's Pickham makes me think the Chargers are find a way to lose, but you know what? I think there'll be plenty of offense in this game. If you play it, I think go over the fifty-two and a half.
1: All right, a game that makes history in about fifty different ways. The Cowboys, hard to, hard to imagine getting double digits at home against an undefeated team, Pittsburgh. Uh, no team has ever not covered nine, their first nine in a row. I got a feeling you might like the dog here.
2: I do, and this is indeed my best bet. And once again, I had McKenzie running some research for me on this one. And it turns out, you know, the Steelers as a road favorite, That's not good for Tomlin. They only cover 42% of the time. But league-wide, when a team plays three straight road games, that's a bad trend also, 46%. And the Steelers fall into both those bad trends. And I might argue this is a really bad third straight road game because you had showdown games against the Titans and then, of course, against Baltimore. I could see Pittsburgh overlooking Dallas, especially with Zeke looking not to play here. And wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys not only covered – but even somehow won outright.
1: Wow! You're starting Gilbert Grape at quarterback, aren't they? What's eating Garrett Gilbert wasn't he in a movie once back in the day? Johnny Depp wasn't that, or maybe that's somebody different. Never mind. All right, Eris <laughs> you're a movie buff, Fez.
2: Hey, the uh, Orlando Apollo is—he was their their greatest player. So
1: <laughs> under under the great Steve Spurrier. All right, the next game is actually my best bet. I really like Arizona at home coming off a bye and it seems like a fairly light line. I like what Tua last week did last week, but he hardly put up any offense and Arizona will draw them into a shootout in my opinion. Uh I thought might this might even be your best bet. Are you seeing something different?
2: Uh yeah, this is my second best bet. And the only reason that second best bet is I was gonna make a case about how the look ahead line was six. What's happened since? Arizona's been on a buy. Miami beat the Rams, but the Rams beat themselves. The Rams just kept turning the ball over. Miami had two um, return touchdowns and two super short drives. Tua did not look good. There's no reason this line should have moved from the lookhead line of six. But you know what, Bernie? It's almost back to that look line. It's five and a half now. I would still, though, if you play it, I'd lay it with Arizona.
1: All right. Tampa Bay hosts... New Orleans in a revenge game. Michael Thomas, coincidentally, has not played since they played Tampa Bay the first time. And Antonio Brown will suit up. What are your thoughts on that game? Yeah, so a whole
2: lot of wide receivers for Tampa. I think there's going to be an integration period to try to keep all of them happy. And because of that, I'm going to go ahead and look towards playing the underdog, play the Saints with their wide receivers back. Should be a really close game.
1: Fez, only got about 20 seconds Jets catching a boatload against New England at home. Thoughts?
2: Really difficult game. If you can tease the Patriots down to below three, so from 9.5 down to 2.5, I think that's a real fine tease. And you know what? You might be able to get Kansas City down to 2.5, certainly down to minus three to pair them with.
1: Thanks a lot, Fizz. We'll do it again next week. Thank you again, Bernie. That's Steve Fezick, the only two-time winner of the prestigious Hilton. Now, Westgate Super Contest. Catch him Monday through Friday right here on Straight Out of Vegas with R.J. Bell, Jonas Knox, and the whole mishpuka. All right, coming up, I want to talk about the teams that have fared well against the spread this year and that have not fared so well. And I want to bring in a little history in that Cowboy-Pittsburgh game and a couple of other tidbits we didn't have a chance to get to involving Tampa Bay, Buffalo, and so on and so forth. But first we <laughs> Let's go to the man who Mollywops the competition every Saturday night. That's Kevin Figures with the latest.
0: <laughs> Thanks so much, Bernie. Appreciate it. Game of the year in college football lived up to its billing Saturday night. Notre Dame upsetting top-ranked Clemson in double overtime, 47-40. to The Irish gained 519 yards of total offense and forced three turnovers. The win was their first over a number one team since beating Florida State all the way back in 1993. Eighth-ranked Florida scored 38 of their 44 points in the first half. They dominated Georgia 44-28. to Kyle Trask with four touchdown passes for the Gators. The Pac-12 schedule underway on Saturday. 12th-ranked Oregon steamrolling Stanford 35-14. to 20th-ranked USC with a comeback win over Arizona State. A couple of late games that just wrapped up. One of them in the Pac-12, Washington State with a victory over Oregon State. Otherwise, Hawaii with a victory over New Mexico, thirty-nine thirty-three. News out of the NFL: Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford has been removed from the COVID list and may play on Sunday. Veteran receiver Dez Bryant will play for Baltimore as they get set to take on the Colts. And Garrett Gilbert will be the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys as they take on Pittsburgh. Back to Bernie Fratto and Straight Out of Vegas.
1: All right, thanks so much, Kevin. Uh- One of the things we like to look at at the halfway point is which of the teams have been profitable for the betters and which have been not so profitable. What's interesting, it doesn't always correlate from the standpoint of just because a team might have a good win loss record doesn't mean they're necessarily covering. All right, the Saints have had a pretty good year, but they're only two and five against the number. Conversely, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, they're not. You know, a threat to make the playoffs, but they're six and two against the spread. Of course, then there are teams that fall in line, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, seven and zero, and they've covered six of the seven. The Chiefs, uh, they're seven and one, and they're six and two against the numbers, so very profitable. Uh, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals—they're five and two against the spread, and the Chargers, again, even though they're not winning on the field, it's, it's it's amazing. If these games were fifty-eight minutes, the Chargers would probably go to the Super Bowl, but they managed to find ways to steal a, a defeat from the jaws of victory in the last minute or two of every game. They're still five and two against the spread, but the one team—and now I'm not talking about the New York. Jets they are one and seven, or the Houston Texans are one and six. Even though they're a road favorite tomorrow, the Dallas Cowboys—how the mighty the America's team has fallen! They haven't covered a single game the entire year. They are zero and eight against the spread, and in the history of the NFL, no team has ever gone zero and nine against the spread to start the season. And you just heard Steve Fezik: the Cowboys are getting fourteen and a half tomorrow. That's actually his best bet. He likes getting 14-and-a-half at home against Pittsburgh. Dallas has never in their history been a double-digit at home against anybody. And interestingly enough, since 1989, any team who has failed to cover eight or more straight, a team that's had eight straight or more ATS losses, like Dallas, they've gone 80% against the spread in that next game. They're 8-2-and-1. The Cowboys can really make history tomorrow in a multiple of ways. By the way, uh, they're 0-8 against the number. Pittsburgh is undefeated. The last time an undefeated NFL team like Pittsburgh played a team who hadn't covered eight in a row, like Dallas, it happened back in 2015. The Carolina Panthers were 14-0 at that point. They were facing a bad Atlanta Falcons team, which had just lost eight straight against the spread And in that game, Carolina was an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, and they won 38-to-nothing. So file that in in your, uh, you know, department of redundancy department. Look, the Cowboys are getting 14-and-a-half at home. They don't have a quarterback. Their defense is decimated, although I guess they do have Sean Lee and and Leighton Vander Esch back. But something's wrong with that team. I I don't – it's – I think – I'm not going to be involved, but Fez likes it. So, you know, if he likes it, you got to pay attention. Now, the game that really, if I could only watch one game all weekend, for me, clearly, it would be uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks hosting uh, the New Orleans Saints. And I think they've had this game circled. I really do, uh, the Bucks being. And for those who uh, were disappointed that the. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't beat the New York Giants by more Monday night, even though they were leading by eight with just you know time winding down. They had the game at hand. They were a little flatter, Maybe maybe a look ahead. Okay, they'll look ahead to this week. Is that fair? Or if you think the you know the Bucs should just blow everybody out, the Giants are still, they've still got NFL players, then maybe your expectations for the Bucks are up where mine were. But since that week one game where Tampa Bay lost to New Orleans, and remember no OTAs, no minicamp, no preseason games. Brady hadn't had a chance to work with any of his weapons. Breeze had been part of that franchise you know, since Moby Dick was a minnow. Since that game, Tampa Bay has gone 6-1. and one. And their point differential in those games is plus 93. That puts them number one in the NFL. Their turnover differential, plus nine. That puts them number one in the NFL. So when you consider the fact that... That Tampa Bay, is offense is clicking, and you see what a fast physical defense they have. You saw what they did to Green Bay. They're a complete football team, and I always said, watch out. By the time they get to Week 8, they're going to be the real deal. And we are now on Week 9. Look, Tampa Bay was a team that turned the ball over 41 times last year. They still went 7-9. and nine. They were a good team. And you add Tom Brady, who has 20 touchdowns and four interceptions, and he's changed that culture. If you can't see that, you're not paying attention. We all know about Jameis's 30 interceptions last year, but six were on the first drive of the game. That's a killer. Six were pick sixes. That's an even bigger killer. Six were in the fourth quarter when they were leading. That's an even bigger killer. And look – they were seven and seven Tampa Bay heading into the last two games last year. They lost to Atlanta and they lost to Houston. They could have easily won both games they were leading, and it had to do with turnovers. So you add Brady, they're a different team. they've proven it. I think they'll continue to prove it, uh, but they do have to beat New Orleans tomorrow, or excuse me Monday, or yeah, it is tomorrow, tomorrow night game. If that doesn't happen, then you know I might have a little bit different narrative. However, I do believe it will. All right, I also want to talk about Seattle and Buffalo because about Wednesday-ish I fired on this game, but I fired on the over of 53-and-a-half because I think there's going to be nothing but points in that game. Now, I understand it's 55. I've even seen some 55-and-a-halves out there. Don't play it if it's above 55. If you get up to 55, play it. You want to try to get the best of the number. You don't want to get the worst of the number, but I still say there's going to be points because, look, Buffalo's defense is the real deal. They're thirteenth in the league in yards per game. Meanwhile, Seattle's defense, and we've chronicled this, they're last in allowing yards per game. Four hundred and sixty-one yards per game is incredible. Buffalo's offense, passing yards per game, ranks tenth. Seattle, last. Buffalo, they move the chains on third down. That's a good thing when you're trying to score points. Third down percentage, first in the league for Buffalo. Seattle, in terms of defending third down teams, they rank twenty-third. And it's odd, but the last couple of years under Sean McDermott, uh, actually been the last three years, the colder it gets, the better Buffalo gets. They've had actually an eight and two record straight up, seven-three against the spread the last three years in November. But it's not even going to be cold in Buffalo tomorrow. It's going to be sixty-five degrees and sunny, which is all to the good because that's going to lead to more offense. One other thing, as we have sort of a scorecard, grading card through week eight, dogs have really been barking in 2020. If you just blindly bet the dogs, and they were 10-4 and against the spread last week, week eight, but if you just blindly bet every dog since week one, you'd be 66-50 and against the number for the season cumulatively. That's 57%. You go 57%, you make all the money you want to make. All right, coming up, you know you love them, you can't live without them. It's Mackinon Sports with Mackenzie Rivers. And if you like the stock market, you like this little game we're going to play tonight because, well, yeah, we're talking NFL, but it'll be analogous. And as soon as I get home, I'm going to look that word up. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. I Means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out
0: of Vegas!
1: One of the best in the business, Bernie Fratto.
0: We are back on Straight Out of Vegas,
1: the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Frado coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Before I go any further tonight, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles. That would be Chris Perfett, Eric Roberts, and Kevin Figures. Thanks for guys for all you do. Uh, all right, you know them, you love them, you can't live without them. It's that time of the show. We stretch your mind. And, uh, you know, Mackenzie, you brought up a good point off air. Uh, When it comes to betting football games, pros bet numbers, squares bet teams. But there's a a bit of an analogy there when it also comes to comparing, say, certain NFL teams to certain stocks.
3: Yes, I'm a big believer in the stock market. I mean, with my little penance, I like to play around a little bit. And here's the thing, when you have a long-term Investment strategy—you don't. No one's going to pe- beat the market on a daily basis. No one's that quick to beat the algorithms and computers that are w- working a trillion miles a second. But if you got—if you buy good companies right. over the long term, right. I think you'll do well. So I think there are NFL teams. As much as that adage is true, you got to look at the number, the spread. You can't just bet teams you like. I think I can. I think bettors can identify teams that over the mid and long term. Are better than expected. If you were Bill Belichick's nephew in 2003 and you said, "I'm just going to bet him every game," you'd probably be one. Sixty percent. You'd be one of the great bettors well, of all time. We've right?
1: documented that. Yeah. Well, all right, I, think, let, it, well, I let's, think it
3: is possible to identify it.
1: Well, sometime. let's dive into that and and bring it to its uh, present state because one of the teams you you've got annotated here, and I have to agree, there's been stability. Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson and a long consistent record track record of performance.
3: And the Seahawks are Berkshire Hathaway and they are a buy. They are an institution of higher learning and this is always the question with Warren Buffett. Is he the greatest investment ever investor ever or did he just get lucky in the 90s with a few really big really good bets like Coca-Cola? Is Pete Carroll the greatest coach of all time? I mean, you look at his winning record the last 10 years, or is he just the guy that signed Russell Wilson? That is the question. I don't have the answer, but I know how good Russell Wilson is, and I think in the midterm, this team's going to win more often than they lose, against the spread even. Well, Russell Wilson beat out Matt Flynn and give Pete Carroll credit. Exactly. Think about it. He brought the guy in. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. He's been there. He supported him. He made the decision to stick with him when he was getting in trouble with his other teammates. It worked out in the long run.
1: Well, I'll never forget when Matt Flint started for Green Bay— they were laying, uh, they, Detroit was laying four against Green Bay. <laughs> so it was week 17, right? Yeah. Matt Flint, he what did he throw, like 32 touchdown passes that day? Yeah, he set a record. They went 44 record. to 40, and he got that big contract with Seattle. He was supposed to show up, turn on the lights, and go. And they go.
3: ate that money, and they won the Super Bowl anyway.
1: And because Russell Wilson came out of nowhere. So to your point, uh, luck is where preparation meets opportunity. All right, how about the Green Bay Packers?
3: Everybody loves them. They remind you of your childhood. They are Walt Disney, and they, too, are a buy. And Walt Disney has done so well the last 20 years buying Marvel, making all these big moves because of one guy, Bob Iger. And, hey, he's 69, but, you know, guys are sticking around longer and longer. Remind you of anybody? Aaron Rodgers might be 36, but he's better this year, I think, than I've ever seen him. You look at Elway, Brady. They won five Super Bowls after the age of 37 combined. I think Rodgers is a dangerous player to bet against any time in the next three years.
1: Well, we just uh,
3: elected a president 77. Yeah, yeah. Guys are hanging around a little <laughs> bit longer,
1: right? Yeah. But what team is he, is he playing for? Never mind. All right. Washington. <laughs> the Washington football team. I had to look at this and laugh out
3: loud. But, but, but you know what? You're not wrong. Washington... But- Equals Sears. They are a cell. <laughs> Sears exist is purely, we're show. They exist purely because they've always existed. They serve no purpose. They have no future, and they should be sold for parts immediately. <laughs> That's the Washington Football Team. <laughs>
1: And and by the way, they're not mathematically eliminated from winning the. No, MCs. they're going to win the division. Yeah,
3: <laughs> that's how bad it is.
1: <laughs> not for nothing. Have you ever set foot in Sears by, the,
3: by any chance? You... <laughs> oh yeah, I'm from Chicago. Yeah, the, a I, I, uh, shame. I wash <laughs> your mouth. That was so man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Dallas Cowboys. Well, the Dallas Cowboys are legends, and no, they're not Jerry Jones Company Legends Hospitality because that's actually a really excellent company. They do great work. They are Legends Holding Corporation out of Taiwan. China, they and I read this off the Wikipedia, they invest in finance, real estate, and information technology. In other words, they make money, and they're in the business of making money, and their business is the business of business and making money. Dallas Cowboys have no future as a football team, but they got sexy players, they got a sexy stadium, and they will make a ton of money while losing 10 games a year. That's interesting, yeah? Well, they, if <laughs> and they're ra- going to cover against the Steelers because that's good for business. I, that game scares And they're going to lose.
1: I am scared to death of that game. The def- Dallas's defense can't stop a parade, and they're going to make up for it by starting a guy who last played for the Orlando Apollos. they <laughs> taking the same number of snaps this year as you and I have. I believe in Gilbert or Ger- Gilbert. Well, that Murray? was his, yeah. That I was that great. was my that was my reach for a laugh line earlier. <laughs> what's what's eating Gil- uh, Garrett Gilbert? He played by Johnny Depp. He can't be worse than Ben DeNucci. He just can't be.
3: I like the Steelers. I mean, I like
1: the Cowboys a little. Oh, bit. Oh come he on, Ben. You thinking of Don Fanucci, the black hand from, from the <laughs> Godfather? Yeah, poor Ben DeNucci. Um, yeah, all right. Let's just let's just let's just move on. I just threw up on my mouth a little bit. All right, the Arizona Cardinals. This is an interesting one you've got here.
3: Yeah, I was going to say uh, good luck in in car sales, uh, Mister Danucci, in your future career. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are one of my favorites.
1: I used to work for Vince Evans. He came off of BMW a BMW last two or three times. Uh, continue. I don't want to. How screw up your bit? Go ahead.
3: <laughs> Arizona Cardinals are the trade desk. I'm a you know long term holder of this company. I couldn't be happier. I had to bring it up today on Friday. Up, you know, 28%. People are just realizing how good the Trade Desk is. People will realize tomorrow when they win by 20 how good the Arizona Cardinals are. Why? The Trade Desk sells ads in TVs but for streaming because the ad model is a brilliant model, two minutes of your time, and we'll give you free television. That just needs to be updated to the 21st century. The Trade Desk is doing it. Personalized ads, five-second ads that you can skip The Arizona Cardinals, they are mixing five wide receivers with a running game that's number two in the league right now. Best of the new world, best of the old world. Kyle Murray has more rushing yards than Lamar Jackson, and he also throws three or four bombs a game to guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Kirk and them. I really like what the Cardinals are doing. I like them in most spots, especially against this Dolphins team It's a little overrated right now. Best bet, Arizona Cardinals. Best pick, the trade desk. Still has value.
1: Excellent, excellent segment. I'm going to add one more just for fun. The Detroit Lions, they're Howard Johnson's, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you're from Chicago. They're White hen, but White Hands are not publicly <laughs> traded, are they? No, no, no. All right, good the stuff, Mackenzie. Excellent. That is going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. Thanks, Fez, for coming on. I'm Bernie Fratto next up the man from Nashville he brings it strong it's time for the Jason Martin show keep it locked
0: Straight out. Of-